Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Jules, the best thing ever happened. And do you know what two franchises or which two franchises combined for it? Wait, what the hell? I swear yeah. every single week you just blindside me. We go for the countdown and then I think uh-huh, you're going to uh-huh. do some sort of preamble as to what we're doing, which, by the way, is the UBP, the UBP, the UBP, <laughs> the or UBP. the Untitled Banter podcast, where Scott and I answer all of your gaming questions and other stuff as well. <laughs> but going back to the secular point, what are you talking about, mate? What, are you, what two franchises made your day, is what you're saying? Five words, Sonic the Hedgehog Monster. Hunter, did you see the crossover? Oh, yes, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One yeah, way yeah, to get yeah. Jules Gill invested in Sonic the Hedgehog yeah. game is to have a Monster Hunter DLC. Do you know what? I bloody love Monster Hunter as yeah. well. And I have to commend uh, my friends Mikey and Lawson for truly getting me onto the uh, Monster Hunter world, the newer one that had all the Iceborne pack and stuff, because oh, yeah. I was on the fence about it after playing an absolute shed load of uh, Monster Hunter 3 mm-hmm. and then the one that was on the DS as well. And right, I was like, okay. yeah, okay, this is just going to be this experience. Mm-hmm. And I was nervous about jumping into the bigger uh, console platforms mm-hmm. with friends, but my lord, that game is hilarious. Oh, Will's and, incredible, now it's got, like... and now it's got a Sonic expansion. Yeah, I think, it, yeah, Will incredible rise is really lush on switch like monster hunter i feel like always kind of trying to find its groove but the idea of big open world sonic but you can sort of i don't know if there's gonna be bosses to fight or whether it's just making meats but like the screenshot they put out <laughs> yeah is that's sonic, all you do is you just sonic make meat and a big a big bit of meat over the spit which uh, i'm very much into um but yes this wait, is there's a there's an ethical <laughs> problem with uh, sonic doing that though because mm-hmm. uh, he saves all of the animals constantly from dr robotnik or dr eggman depending mm-hmm. on which timeline that you've come from and he always like saves them because they are being tortured and turned into robots against their will and then what's he doing here oh he's just, just having a little snack on his little friend he's like you see that little chicken that escaped from the pod at the end of uh-huh. uh, green hill zone act one he's now his dinner rotisserie so it's just yeah. tails just tails roasted over an open fire oh, I bless think him. That... Bless him. <laughs> but yeah I, I thought that immediately i was like well you've never done this before you've never eaten another creature like this is, oh he eats uh... chili dogs I don't, he does I, eat chili dogs, yeah. But he can, the thing is, is that a chili dog, to be fair, and this is only going off what uh, one American told me mm. a long time ago, because I said, what's actually in a hot dog? Like, Because mm. it was like a joke that the Simpsons had obviously introduced. Mm. And he was like, I don't know, man. I don't think you want to know. <laughs> and so I think that it's just it's just off-cut of snout. <laughs> it's just a pile of stuff. Like I, yeah. I had a chili dog when I was in New York, and it was just a pile of stuff with a bunch of <laughs> onions on top of it. Um, it was a nice time. But yeah, speaking of nice times, this is the Entitled Banner Podcast. Wanted to do a massive thank you to everybody for buying the mugs but a few people get oh, in yes. touch asking about them just to reiterate the uh, website address is whatculture-wrestling.creator-spring.com 
Com, and then you can God, search it's, drinking it's bowls. Such, it's not even a catchy title. Like, why couldn't it just be like what culture forward slash mugs? Like, what why can't we just can we, like we are uh, theoretically yes. a multi-million pound company? Can we not at least buy a singular domain name? Look, we're a not customized in, URL not in charge of the URLs. If we were, it would be ubp.com. But sadly, oh, it would be yeah. That would be the whole website, the, uh, <laughs> the website. wrestling merch website. So uh, yeah, so you got to go to whatculture-wrestling.create-spring. I can barely even say it .com to find <laughs> say your it mugs. again Scott say it again for the people in the back one more time one more time rolls God. off the tongue um, so yeah go go find your mugs there's a white a red and a green variant for them and yes the Untitled Banner podcast we always get through as many questions talking points as possible so um, first one from SXC Webby who says if the Super Mario movie is a success what could be the next Nintendo movie my pick is Luigi's Mansion that uh, feels like it's going to happen in the movie anyway. Luigi yeah, is very yeah. much in a mansion in that mm-hmm, trailer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. But I think that if he got an offshoot film from it, that would actually be a very easy way for them to reuse assets because that was apparently one of the reasons why um, the Lego movie sequel was uh, such a like desirable thing, not only because mm. it made an absolute shed load of money, mm. but because all of the assets to make the characters or the programming rigging to do that was already in place. So all they had to do yeah. was just update it and move forward and it was cutting their costs by well, I'm not I don't know how much it was, uh, but it was a lot but a that bit, they managed yeah, to yeah. save doing that. So it's like a game dev approach where you've already got like all the assets, the worlds are rendered or whatever, or the bricks yeah. I guess are rendered in this case. And you can just put stuff together. See, I would like it if they if they were just going to go for the Mario thing and just drill down into that well to get as much uh, gooey goodness as possible. What <laughs> if they did uh, like the offshoots of Mario itself? So you've mm. got your Luigi's Mansion series, you've got your Paper Mario series that could be animated in the style of like Into the Spider Verse. I would sort love of, like, that janky animation thing. That would yeah. be amazing. I would take all that stuff. I mean, the thing is, like that weird, crazy fan rumor that they might do a Smash. Like, they won't, but they might do a Smash Brothers movie taking nope. the Detective Pikachu nope. model, the Sonic nope. model. You know what? I'll, I would no, love no, no, a, no, a Smash for the movie. I want it. I want it, but it won't be a good movie. Uh, <laughs> I'm just getting real pangs of any Mortal Kombat movie, any Street Fighter movie. It's doing the first a fighting. Mortal Kombat's good. Okay, well, the first Mortal Kombat is good in the sense that it is. It's not big, good. dumb, can't be fun. Exactly, yeah, that's fine. That is completely <laughs> fine. But that's not what, um, I guess, Super Smash Brothers would want to be. No. And the thing is, is that how do you do it? Because we're going to have that situation where... Do you remember when um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out? Mm-hmm. And they had the... Uh, it was the first and only time to date that uh, Walt Disney and Warner Brothers cartoons, Looney oh, Tunes, yeah. had appeared in the same uh, vein together. Mm-hmm. And there was a written... Uh, agreement between the two companies that said Mickey Mouse and Daffy Duck will have to be on the exact same amount of screen time, the exact same amount of frames for it to be completely equal. (laughs) And another example was um, when uh, Statham and what's his name? I was just going to say that reminds me of it was that there was the Vin Diesel, the rock one. I'm sure there was Statham and the rock as well. There was something where they had to be on equal screen time. Yeah, they couldn't take any more damage than the other person had sustained. So anyone could look weak is what they said. So in this case here, if you had, say, Solid Snake coming up against uh, Pit, then they have got the agreement, then that means that they're both going to double KO each other. And well, then there's no stakes at all to it. If the rumor is correct, then Oscar Isaac is Solid Snake. So you could have Oscar Isaac versus uh, so- <laughs> like Sonic Ben Schwartz's Sonic and Detective P- Ryan Reynolds' uh, Detective Pikachu. 
I mean, that would actually be pretty good. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's a lot to be enjoyable about this, but you know what it would be because mm. Sakurai would stick his oar in and what would happen is is that it would be a case of like, oh no, all the heroes of the kingdom are defeated. Who can we turn to to save the day? It's bloody Kirby. Hell oh, yeah, sick. Kirby. Oh, but No, not hell yeah. I, I cannot get so over that the, the subset of fans that will <laughs> constantly tell me that, yeah. so, that, that Kirby is a, air quotes, hard nut. He is not. He is not a hard man. He is not the sort of... Arnold Schwarzenegger of the, um, of of the Nintendo he version. He's not. He's he, he just he just. What problem can he not solve? If he if right, he was okay. getting set into Rambo territory, he'd have it sorted in a day. I just hate the fact that the the creator of Kirby just looks at him and thinks that that is your new yeah, muscle pitiful. god. It's it's just <laughs> nah. It's not. It's not muscle Jesus. It's not. It's not. There. Oh my god! Just classic eighties action movies reimagined as Kirby. I would love that entire series. Give me Predator well, the, versus Kirby. Well, the last action hero, but would just yeah. uh, like him. Is that fine? Just give fine, me that. I'll, I'll take any of them. But yeah, in terms of what Nintendo might do next, um, it depends if there's a post credit scene for the original Mario. I still am predicting Wario is in the post credits. Yeah. Yeah, voiced yeah, yeah. by Ryan Reynolds. I think you need someone who's the opposite of Chris Pratt. And I don't know whether you do just Mario stuff. I mean, I, do they do Wait, a Mario Kart Ryan, movie? Why does Ryan Reynolds get the thing there? Why can't well, Danny like DeVito get it? Why can't I would he love be Wario? Well, for me, it's Reynolds because he's like second hey, to Pratt. Hey, it's me, Wario. Can it's I give you an Wario. egg in this trying time? I would love him to do that style of Wario. I don't know who you cast as like Waluigi either, but I feel like if you do... Charlie Day. <laughs> Charlie Day again. Yeah, if exactly. you do something... In that regard, um, yeah, I wonder how much they flesh out the Mario universe if they cross things over, because it feels like Zelda's what, what should be their next thing, like after Mario mm, and Zelda, mm, um, mm. and go down that route. I know they've tried it before, and it never really got off the ground or anything, but, I, but then you've got to try and cast a link and do all that stuff. Maybe. It, is, it is a very hard one there. I mm. think that we go a slightly different route, mm. and we resurrect a franchise that has not had a game in many a year. And I think that a fans would be ecstatic to see it Balloon on the silver fight. screen. And that would be F-Zero. F-Zero, oh, the movie, would be amazing. I would love that. What's the best thing about Star Wars Episode One? Yeah, Apart the from the lightsaber fights, it's the pod racing sequences. <laughs> Imagine a whole film built of this rags to riches uh, speed racer that's just kind of uh, getting to grips. You could have Captain Falcon trying oh, to solve a murder Falcon, while he's oh, you get Carl Urban back. He would re- oh. he, he'd be dread, <laughs> but as Captain Falcon, so we just be like Falcon punch. I know you can't that's see this at home, show. people, but I'm doing the biggest chin I can. He is. That's that's an incredible. So the thing is, I like the idea of racing movies, I like the idea of tournament mm, movies. Mm, There's nowhere mm. near enough of them. It's what was the best thing about the newest Mortal Kombat movie without the rest of it. And I feel like that whole <laughs> yeah. idea, you know, do an F Zero movie, do a Mario Kart movie. Like if you take Jack Black's yeah. Bowser, put him in a cart, that would be incredible. Charlie <laughs> Day as Luigi doing the death stare and screaming there, at people. Right. Like why not? I'm placing a bet right now that there will be a scene or an after credit sequence where they go kart racing that they they oh. will they will come together like Bowser and Mario and they'll uh. be like it's time to settle this Mario <laughs> and then they'll um uh, go kart racing 100% it's going to be If the post credits is just him so everything's nice happy days sunshine in the background and he looks to the side and he sees a cart and just and yeah. that he just looks at it and then we cut I yeah. I might I'd float off my chair uh, for how awesome <laughs> that would be. Um speaking of Bowser's voice though very very quickly just okay. I want to talk about uh, okay. Mario Sunshine where do you come down on Mario Sunshine? Because I've never played through it. I played through all of it across yesterday mm-hmm. um, and a little bit the night before. And I do agree that is the worst 3D Mario by some considerable distance. I, I like I, was raging at, <sighs> a lot of that game. Uh, th- there's, 
I enjoy what Mario Sunshine does in terms of using the jetpack mechanics and the mm. propellant system and using the flood. I mm. enjoy that, but I do find that the control scheme actually is quite a hindrance uh, a lot of the time. I find mm. that I find that the platforming is way too easy, and then it gets stupidly difficult in those yep. weird worlds where they just basically gave up on level design. And said, Here's, Here's a bunch a of rotating it, squares. It, it, yeah, I was just like, come on, lads! Like you're yeah. meant to be some of the best game designers in the world, and you mm. couldn't come up with anything better than the uh, demo for ukulele's toy box thing. <laughs> yeah, well, this, that's the thing. All those like disconnected or you're in a different realm style mm, worlds mm. just feel so thrown together. Like you tipped a box of like, you know, preschooler toys out and then made them spin a bit and it's all this, yeah. this, this brick turns around a lot. Yeah, I hated all that stuff. Then the checkpoints as well. Like if you lose in those areas, which sometimes oh, yeah. you don't even, you yeah. know, get into until you're halfway through another level and then you warp somewhere and if you die there, you go back to the whole beginning uh. and it's just like, oh my God. But at least it's a very, very beautiful game i was playing it on um, that, the all-stars collection yeah that bloody pachinko machine uh, area as well where you've got to go down uh, through the machine and you've got to try oh, and yeah. land i hate that bit that mine bit was so I took, annoying it's the bit when uh, all the uh, what do you call it, the planters planters when they've got to yeah. throw you and you've yeah. got to get like yeah, thrown yeah. bits a bit and i, I recorded i put it on youtube where they threw me and i just hit the ledge the side of it and just <laughs> fell down and i was just like what literal escaped convict decided that like designed this game um anyway we should get through some questions um, God, next question from steve who says greatest gaming moment ever i probably have to give it to i probably have to give it more thought but right now i'd say price killing makarov at the end of modern warfare 3 greatest mm. gaming moment ever where does your gut go what do you mean just sort of in like a fist pumping moment or do you mean like an emotional whatever your, moment? Whatever your brain slash heart serves up. Because my, my mind goes to, um, and I, I, I mentioned this too much, but it's wielding the scarab against the, sorry, wielding the um, the spanker, the rocket launcher against the scarab mean, yeah. tank in Halo yeah. 2. I will think of something else, but I absolutely love that moment. That will be my go-to. That's the most elated I've been in, uh, in gaming back then, the apex of Halo with that I'm specific set piece. I'm trying to think of moments where I just sat back and was like, yeah, okay, this like, is gaming. I mean, I had a few moments like that. Like, we'll go for a modern example and then we'll go for a childhood one. Mm. Modern example was Sifu, finishing that game and yes. just feeling that sense of satisfaction. And especially when it gave you that ending that just goes, by the way, there's another way to end this game. Yep. And you go, oh my God, this game has just opened up on itself. <laughs> like, again, this is amazing. Wu Day is um, the way. But in terms of like a childhood moment, mm. I would probably say that it has to be uh, that feeling of elation when you I, I overcame a really difficult boss in Final Fantasy VII. Mm. I think it was the first time that I beat uh, Ruby Weapon after spending okay. hours and hours trying to figure out how not to get dragged under the sand by mm -hmm, its like mm -hmm. tentacles and stuff. But I remember beating it and just being like, well, that, that gaming is not going to get any better because it forced <laughs> me to think in so many different ways in order to overcome this boss. All those like giant, like, you know, multi-thousand HP bosses. I've mm. never put the time into... I mean, I platinumed Final Fantasy VII Remake, but I've never actually beaten any of the original weapons like in, that, in the first game, in the original game, because um, mm -hmm. they always felt like they required like 20 hours of just, just raw grinding. And I was always like, someday I'll go back and do that. But the thing is like, ironically, you do have a hell of a sense of satisfaction when it finally pays off. It's just that it's so much time invested to get like... to be even to do any damage to it like you know to yeah. even make a dent or whatever um but yeah i think like overall like if i'm doing modern stuff sifu is a hell of a show um i think god of war has got some great moments in but it's like oh, it's yeah. the subtle things forgot about that yeah. yeah it's like subtle things that i really like at the very very beginning of 2018's god of war when you realize the kratos is bandaging up his old like chain wounds and he's trying yeah. to move on every little facial expression with that version of kratos i absolutely love um but yeah next question from gary s who says listener from the start of the ubp first time right in our wow. playstation affecting their reputation this generation 
generation. Uh, with their comments around the Activision Blizzard acquisition, the $70 remix, and the price hike for the PlayStation 5, even though in theory it's cheaper now to make. What do you think of PlayStation? Yeah, well, PlayStation, I do agree with. I think that their reputation has been dented somewhat with all of these because... Very um, cold generation. Well, we, um, Scott and I have discussed each of those points separately, but mm. it all culminates to create a company that seems very profit-driven right mm. now. And it's ironic considering that their uh, motto was for the players because it very <laughs> much does not feel like that. However, investors. we are at this weird sort of like light at the end of the tunnel moment now because we are finally exiting the pandemic era of gaming and are now getting to enter into the Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon.
Uh, well, the industry's back off its ass era of gaming, <laughs> which means that we're finally getting the titles that justify going forward with a new console, that mm-hmm. finally express where Sony's mindset is in terms of game development. Games and that yes, are made for the new consoles and the new consoles only. Like, the new exactly. Need for Speed is only on PS5 and Series X, yeah. Exactly. And that, to me, is like we're finally moving towards a point that arguably we should have been at two to three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that there have been some really bad practices. I don't agree with the fact that they are charging more for their PlayStation 5s, using scarcity and FOMO to try and Mm -hmm. uh, manipulate the market in that sense, Uh, even though the uh, shortage of components is lesser than it was before Mm -hmm. and that uh, they can produce it for a cheaper uh, cost than they did before as well. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot that I don't like about Sony, but there's a lot that I don't like about every single um, publisher, developer, uh, manufacturer, because the moment you look behind the scenes and realize that every action is, as a company should be driven by profit it unfortunately means that somebody has to suffer and it's usually the consumers who do the thing is like playstation are way more like optically they're way more out there there's more to talk about with them you can talk about their range of exclusives you can talk about their price drops you can talk about what's coming next and you know the the removable disk drive that leaked for the next skew for next year and everything Mm -hmm. xbox have nothing out there like it's just like oh they're the game pass company and they're nailing it and the deals they're making are great and they have the activision blizzard stuff uh, in theory but that's just going to bolster game pass and then nintendo their biggest shield is oh it's nintendo they're Crazy, they do whatever they want. If you want to yeah. do voice chat, it's through the mobile app. Like they're just ridiculous. Yeah. So it's yeah. just like okay, whatever. So it feels like PlayStation, and because they're the market leader as well, like they get talked about a lot more. I do think they, like you said, are very profit driven this generation. And the Jim Ryan era, because he's not like a mouthpiece, he doesn't really yeah. do much in terms of getting out there and talking. He's not very warm. Doesn't come across as a very warm individual. I'm sure he's a very lovely man, but in, mm-hmm. comparatively to Shigeru Miyamoto or Phil Spencer or you know previous people like Doug Bowser, whatever, um, like or uh, active. Uh, person right now i don't think that the jim ryan era is very personified it doesn't really come across very personable it's just a bunch of business decisions and then we read about them on the blog like there's not really much going on other than just financial stuff weird way of approaching their announcements isn't it by using that blog just if you're not uh, tuned into 2001 and checking your myspace (laughs) account for a (laughs) text ball like yeah then i don't understand the way that they're doing they seem to be approaching things from a very a different mindset from a different era Mm. and I wonder if this is going to cause them long-term ramifications because, I mean, Sony's going to be forever popular based on the video games that it puts out. Yep. But the problem is, is that with the recent slew of remasters that they've announced that are coming out for it, games mm-hmm. that arguably don't need to be remastered, then they are kind of shooting themselves in the foot by milking their fan base. That's... They're basically just going, you are a hardcore fan mm-hmm. and you are the one we're going to charge the most for being a fan. And that's not the right way of uh, doing things. No, you can almost drill it down to how much they'll charge for the Horizon remaster because that's only I a five-year-old. Believe that, that, that that's getting a remaster. Like I know that we went through the same rigmarole with um, Last with of the Us. Last of Us, but Josh was saying that there does at least justify some elements worth uh, yeah. uh, purchasing. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to get it. You're not going to get it. He's he got it because of a review copy, and I don't mm-hmm. think that he would have bought it of his own money. I think but... he like like loves The Last of Us through and through. That he might mm-hmm. have just had to scratch that itch anyway. But I think that's mm-hmm. the thing they're almost banking on is like how much do you love it? How much do you love the newest rendering tech? Because I like mm-hmm. the, like in Zero Dawn's case, it's like well we uprest everything for Forbidden West. Aloy has a new character model. We might as well plug that back into Zero Dawn. But like, you might as well is not very interesting. Like no, I would rather so, you put that so. R&D into something new, um, especially in Gorilla's case, I'd rather they worked on something else. Um, yeah. But yeah. And if they turn around and say, oh, well, you know what, we're not taking that much time and attention away from future projects because mm-hmm. it's only going to be like a, a small remodding and texture updates, mm-hmm. then why are you charging so much for it? Then well, that's what we'll there, get. There's, there's no argument that they can get 
give to justify either the inflated price tag or the fact that they go back and retweak and retool stuff. Mm-hmm. I personally do not like this idea of going back and altering the original because... Uh, there, there are some games that they look crap nowadays, but I still go back and play them because it's yeah. not about the graphics. It's not about the graphical fidelity mm-hmm. because it's the mechanics that age a game more than anything else. Horizon looks and, gorgeous anyway. Like Zero Dawn looks exactly. great on PS5. It already had a PS5 yeah. update, like 4K60, easy. So I do not understand what they're going through with this one. Uh, and it's, t- uh, yeah, it's a bit greedy. Very, very greedy. Yeah, it just feels like reheating stuff over and over again. I, I get, again, I get the cold Jim Ryan business angle. It's like, well, why don't we do more with this finished game? You might as well just release it again with a fresh coat of paint. And then, they, like I said, it, it all depends on how much they then charge for that idea. If yes. they then think that's yeah. worth £70, then I think that'll be massively off-putting. And The Last of Us Part 1 remake didn't seem to sell that well. Like, I was no. looking at it on the best-selling chart on Amazon across the launch weekend, and it was dropping down every day. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. I guess we'll see. Um, next question from Michael Tanner, who says, were we excited by the Dead Space trailer? Personally, the graphics look very nice and shiny, but nothing else really grabbed me. Really? It didn't grab you? I think that I'm is... the same as that dude. I sort of like, I watched the trailer and I was like, yep, this looks like how my mind already remembered it. And it, the gameplay looked exactly the same. So I was like, this is solid. I love Dead Space, but yeah. yeah. I, I guess we're entering into the same thing of Dead Space still, even to this day, I say it looks great. Uh, mm. And like um, atmospherically cannot yeah. be beaten. Um, mm. The only thing that's putting me off is the fact that the microtransactions that seem to be attached to it, they are In something that is changing the core mechanics of this game and i don't know what they're going to be it could just be cosmetic mm. stuff it could be that but if if they add in buy some health or packs <laughs> that give you extra like loot bonuses or grind to upgrade your gear and it is a sort of pay to win pve mm. experience then that will change it because horror is based on what you don't have rather yep. than what you do so adding in the option to buy your way to safety or at least mitigate some of the danger is the antithesis of what scary games should be if mm-hmm. that comes in in, then I have a genuine problem with what they are setting as a standard for the for the genre because mm-hmm. we have not had outside a Resident Evil Village, which admittedly is more action focused than it has been horror focused of recent times. Mm-hmm. Dead Space is a straight up action horror, sorry, a horror title first and action is secondary, I would argue. Oh, so Dead anyway. Space 1, definitely. I always think of Dead Space 1 and Dead Space 2 as like alien and aliens. Like yeah, Dead very Space 2, different vibes. You know, kicks off considerably, but Dead Space 1 is very like corridor crawling, slow burn mm, horror, mm. Um, with little spikes of horror, uh, spikes of yeah. action. Um, but yeah, I uh, I was just like, yep, yeah, that looks like an upticked version of a 2007 game. Like That looks really sweet. Um, mm-hmm. But we're only going back two generations anyway, and that game was already pretty pioneering in terms of its lighting and exactly. atmosphere anyway. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll see. I think the fact that it's directly up against the Callisto Protocol is interesting, because for me, yeah, that is way more one. exciting. Yeah, I mean, the Callisto Protocol is like something that has been uh, immediately like hot listed because mm. I genuinely cannot wait to play that. Mm-hmm. I'm so curious what the story is as well. Like, it started as being part of the PUBG universe, and then now it's its own thing. <laughs> and it's like, what weird prison planet conspiracy thing are you trying to do? That, um, but I guess we'll it see. still blows my mind that PUBG has a story. Like, I remember <laughs> like watching that weird trailer, which was like that weird secretive guy who was committing um, the experiments using the. I never like, saw this. Weird. It was really odd. Like, I remember just being like, "What actually is the plot of PUBG?" And I googled yeah. it, and it was just around the time this trailer came out, and it started explaining that it was all this like government conspiracy and stuff. I haven't been following it since. So I don't know if it's expanded, but it was uh-huh. the same time that Fortnite started adding in an, uh, a meta story on top of its one. So it was uh-huh. like, 
Why do they need stories? Well, that's that's like, it, right? I mean, they sort of they look at the amount Fall of crossover events. Is Fall Guys suddenly come out and be like a game that's played in the Am- Animus by Desmond from back in <laughs> Assassin's Creed? Terror? Like, is there going to be some uh, like larger scale thing? And does mm. it need to be connected? We're over this connected universe. Thing. I know. Like, I feel like that Avengers was, is done. We're done with it now. I feel like that was them looking at, like you said, the MCU crossover stuff, multiverse stuff, and going like, "Well, we need something, guys. We need lore. We need something to spin off into other we things." We don't. We don't. Sometimes a game <laughs> can just be a game. It can. Not just everything be a needs game. to be the MCU. Yeah. Um, yeah, next question from Stephen Marr, which is kind of funny considering what we just talked about. Um, are there any video games that are wildly popular that you're, you yourselves never got into? Um, I did have a brief stint with Battle mm. Royale, but that would be my mm. go-to for this. I just absolutely chemically cannot care about Call of Duty Warzone. I just don't care about Battle it's, Royale. It's a shame because I really, there's a part of me that wants to get into them, like really mm. wants to do it because I look at people enjoying them. I look at the tactics on play, the teamwork, the skill, and do not get me wrong, I am not uh, belittling anyone who loves that genre or that mm. play style. I just can't get into it. I'm just much more right. of a fan of being a spectator than I am a player because mm. I'm not as good as the people playing these games. And the skill level is so high now that anyone entering in as a noob gets decimated quickly. Sometimes, it is a yeah. trial by fire experience. And I'm I'm not up for learning that. I, I, went, like... I went through my daisy experience of having a group of people all in one area and not necessarily battling for the pole position, mm-hmm. but... Position, but I had that experience. I had 70 plus hours in that game. Right, I've right. done the prototypical um, Battle Royale games. So I feel like I've done it all. Like, what do you that get, was like what do you my get thing. out of it? Yeah, in 2017, like, I, I, when Fortnite first landed, I played a lot of Fortnite. That was most mm-hmm. of my 2017. played a ton of that. I played a ton of PUBG, a lot of H1Z1. And I played the original Call of Duty Blackout. That was their original Battle Royale. Which was, I heard, really good. It was fine, yeah. I think they improved a lot in Warzone. Then I played a little bit of Warzone. But I just, for me, the, it's the problem with engagement. Like, if I'm going to play a multiplayer game, I want to have a PvP experience. I want to fight yeah. some dudes. I want to be engaged. Yeah. I don't want to run for 20 minutes and then get shot up the arse and have to reset and do it all over again. Like, that yeah. is totally the running side of Battle Royale always annoys me and I kind of like I want something that engages me more than just I'm running to get to the bit where I can have an actual PvP experience or yeah, something 100% like that agree. I think 100% games have got agree. better with it but yeah mine would definitely be uh, Battle Royale do you have anything else that's wildly popular that you couldn't get into um, I, I have one specific game that I, I just uh, I didn't want to get into because I was worried that I'd lose my entire life to it, and that was just <laughs> World of Warcraft. Oh, I, no. I look at it again, sort of like peeking over the gate at this amazing experience that people are still having to this mm-hmm. day, and I just don't want to join it because I know that I will lose hundreds and hundreds of hours. Right. I have I have kind of like an addictive personality when it comes to specific types of video game loops, mm-hmm. um, so if I get caught in that, I won't be able to do anything else. So I need to stay away <laughs> from it and pick and choose my games carefully so that I, as I've said to you before, I have to curate how many games I can have on my Steam or on my Game Pass because if I have too many, then I'm going to fall down the rabbit hole and never That's finish any of them. That's good discipline though. I mean, I just have everything installed all the time and then I just ping yeah, pong between You have the drive. Things. You have the drive, the capacity <laughs> to do it. I just don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm an old man. I have no uh, <laughs> ability to stay up past 10pm nowadays. Yeah. Well, you've got to stay up past midnight tonight, mate. The new Alder Bridge album's out. It's, you've got oh, to... yes. Yeah, so I'm staying By the time people listen to this, it'll be out. But well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm off to see Alexis on fire tomorrow so we're oh, both living our 2010s pretty well <laughs> 2003 oh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a very good time next question from George Jackson who says why do game studios hold on to IPs that they have no intention of doing anything with surely it makes more financial sense to sell them instead of paying for the rights and let other developers do something with them I'm looking at you EA where are my Simpsons games 
Yeah, that is a very good point. I guess mm-hmm. that there's residual royalties that they get for all the occasional sales. I guess that it's always the option to have it in their back pocket so that no one else can take it from you. I mean, mm-hmm. the worst thing that for a video game publisher would be is say that you gave up the rights to the Simpsons games. Somebody came along, did a good game and outsold it and became known as being the person who did yes. better than you and therefore you couldn't ever have it back again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, At the minute, I'm, uh, I'm going back through Soul Reaver because I was just like that whole Legacy of mm-hmm. Kane survey thing made me just remember I, re- I think about Soul Reaver nearly every week anyway but I was, I'm going to go back through the original Soul Reaver and that game is still absolutely phenomenal absolutely love it um, but yeah the Legacy of Kane as an IP hasn't done anything ironically since 2003 when uh, since Nosgoth we don't talk about Nosgoth that's that's the Star Wars prequels of, uh, of Legacy of Kane even though they eventually got reappreciated but um, but yeah I feel like something like Legacy of Kane um, it needs a very specific hand to be dealt like I know that they were developing Dead Sun and that game got cancelled and everything but because it was so like authored like there's such a specific feel to that script I think that might be another wrinkle to why people don't go back to these things is you know there was a specific creative team that made this there's a specific feel to the script or the direction or whatever and if you can't replicate that if you can't do it right everyone's just going to hate you for it so it's like you might as well you need to get you absolutely need to like nail this there's other things as well, which is if certain developers uh, worked on the original game, like you say, but it became synonymous with those games, mm. like uh, Grant Kirkthorpe for the music for Banjo-Kazooie. Kirkhope, yeah. um, sorry. Um, if he wasn't attached to the next one that came out, people would actually mm. probably detract from it. So it's mm. actually sometimes you just can't get the right people in a line in order well, to get the project off the ground in the first place. What do you think of Bioshock without Ken Levine? Um, I'm, I'm worried. I genuinely am worried (laughs) because uh, I, I didn't let it be known. I genuinely Mm. think that Bioshock Infinite is the weakest of the original trilogy. I still think that Bioshock 2 far exceeds uh, it in so many places. So plus Minerva's Den's really solid, the DLC. Yeah, exactly. I think it's amazing. So I, I think that maybe his time was already done and dusted by the time that Infinite came out because mm-hmm. he was kind of out the door mm-hmm. by that point anyway, wasn't he? He was like, here's the idea and then you're going to change it into this game that you want it to be to sell uh, more copies and that's not necessarily where I sit mm-hmm. with it. Like, I mean, originally Bioshock was meant to be a systems shock um, spiritual successor that was a point and click style adventure and then they added in guns because right. Microsoft said it wasn't going to sell well or something like that. So <laughs> I think that without it, we're going to see a much more action focus. We're going to probably try and go down the rabbit hole of more timey-wimey shenanigans, which is not the way it should go. Horror Mm. was definitely the thing that sold Bioshock. And setting it in space means that we're just going to go sci-fi and that's a big genre shift and I don't know I'm not I'm, I'm curious not about um, some of the rumours uh, one of those there was a big leak that I, mean, I remember getting deleted it was all about how it's meant to be it's ostensibly based on a tale of two cities and it's mm-hmm. almost like this extrapolation of like class warfare and it's like the people above and the people below and then there was like a, a rebellion forming between the two and it was going mm-hmm. down that route and I was like that kind of lets you have your philosophical cake and have your action cake as well um, and kind of go down that route so I guess I'm curious but I agree with you like I like infinite was fine i didn't it didn't make me think or whatever um and i hated the scene where you finally get to confront comstock and then just immediately kill the guy and i was like oh we just we're just not even going to address anything and then obviously they have a big twist relating to that later and that you would have solved if they had a conversation or something Mm -hmm. that it's just like stuff like that that i feel could have been a bit tighter um but yeah overall um i think that like it's like what you said it's like they they might do something with an ip so it's better to hold on to it and just hope that something will happen eventually with that game 
It's uh, interesting as well, because when those people who are disgruntled um, maybe leave projects and uh, they're known for creating it, you get things like the Callisto Protocol, you get mm. things like the Outer Worlds, mm -hmm. where you get people who are basically just saying, look, we want to make another Fallout New Vegas or another Dead Space, but we can't use those IPs yeah. because somebody else is sitting on them. So let's just make our own version for it. Well, that, and um... as a result, it doesn't sell as well because mm. it can't trade on the branding. So basically it's protecting others from doing a better job than you will do with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, th I only think that I literally only think the Dead Space remake exists because they know Callista Pro Protocol is coming out. Agree. Yeah, and that's very yeah, much yeah. marketing itself as from the creators of Dead Space. So EA yeah. is just saying like, well, here's the actual Dead Space. Um, but yeah, I mean that that new game, uh, the finals made by the ex Battlefield people, like looks incredible and I guess feels like what they might have done with Battlefield um, if they were able to without all the trappings of EA sort of crunching it to mm -hmm. death with 2042. Final question from Jack Gingell, who says, do you have any games that you play for nostalgic purposes, like once a year, etc.? My go-to's are broken. Broken Sword and Final Fantasy VII. Oh man, to go back through and play uh, Final the Fantasy VII on the reg, that is, that is a nice feeling. For me, <laughs> uh, Ape Escape, 100%, <coughs> I will always go back and play it just occasionally mm. just because I love everything about it. I mean, I've said before many times, it was the first game where I saved up all of my pennies to go and buy uh, the game and then unfortunately mm. I didn't have the, uh, the DualShock controller so I had to save up again <laughs> to buy the DualShock controller for it. It was a very what embarrassing a moment in my life, yeah. But it was the first game to mandate the use of it as well. Like, that was groundbreaking and like kids today will not under... Will, just won't appreciate what life was like without uh, thumbsticks. Kids today will not jump in a little yellow dinghy and then have to rotate the sticks to paddle. Yeah. That was so yeah. incredible. Um, mine would just be the uh, the old school Tekken games, Tekken 3 or Tekken Tag. Mm. Um, I just, I know where my life was at both those times. Like, Tekken 3 was high school, Tekken Tag um, was a little bit later. When the play That whole era of when the PlayStation 2 was launching, like that lead up to the PS2 and then that initial Christmas and that whole 2000, 2001 uh, era, I can just put the soundtrack on. They're all on Spotify. Like I'm, yeah. I'm rarely not listening to this Tekken soundtrack tracks anyway and um tekken 3 and tekken tag would be the ones that i just go back to um, i yeah. managed to get them running on my phone and on my steam deck so i'm just kind of revisiting all that stuff just living um, life baby old school tekken is a is a good way to be um but yes for now this has been the entitled banner podcast massive thank you to everybody for sending in their questions and quadruple mm -hmm. thank yous for anybody who has ordered a mug once again that tasty <laughs> url is whatculture-wrestling.creator-spring.com oh so catchy. maybe we'll maybe we'll buy a url and redirect it so it's just the mug Boys. Well, I want to get um, a black T-shirt with white text saying that on, so that we can truly <laughs> represent how catchy that slogan is. Like that, uh, the Beatles one, where it's like Ringo and Paul and John, but it's just yeah, yeah, what culture yeah. and wrestling and, and, and creator spring spring. and creator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> com. Um, but yeah, massive thank you to everybody. Um, you can catch us next week. I'll put the question out over on Twitter on the Thursday. Um, mm -hmm. I'm at slash lp89. Jules, what are you? I'm over there on Twitter at RetroJ, but the O is a zero. Be beautiful, and thanks once again. We'll catch you next week. Goodbye, everyone. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.